0: From Hollywood, it's time now for Bob Bailey as... Johnny Deller.
1: Fred Wilkins at Northeastern Fidelity, Johnny. Oh, hi, Fred. I got a case for you. Remember the Alvin Summers embezzlement? Sure, he took off with 75,000 bucks about six months ago. Right. We held a bond on him, so we're stuck with it.
2: So? This
1: morning, a guy called from a little town on the west coast of Mexico, Santo Tomas. It was a bad connection, but I gathered he had some information on Summers and wanted somebody to go down there and talk to him. I nominated you. Then he's expecting me, huh? What's his name? I don't know. Well, how do I contact him at Santa Tomas? I'm afraid I don't know that either. You mean I'm supposed to go looking for somebody whose name I don't even know? How come he's so coy? I don't think it's a case of being coy, Johnny. Before we could get very far into the conversation, the connection was broken off at his end. Okay,
0: friend, I'm on my way. <laughs> Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: (laughs) Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the Home Office, Northeastern Fidelity and Bonding, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Alvin Summers matter. Item one, $220, plane, train, and boat fare to Santa Tomas, Mexico. For a town trying to be a resort, Santa Tomas shouldn't be so hard to get to. The last lap was by far the worst. A creaky, twice-a-week boat from Muzzatland. And I may be wrong, but it looked to me like the only outfit interested in making a resort out of Santa Tomas was the big new hotel up on a cliff overlooking the sea, the Playa del Mar. The rest of the town just didn't seem to care. It was a sleepy fishing village. A dilapidated pier, a long curving beach with the jungle crowding in on it, and a miscellaneous assortment of adobe shacks huddled here and there, sort of digging their feet into the ground. Even at a distance, the Playa del Mar looked too rich for my purpose, so I checked in at the other hotel. It was an old two-story job in town that I found after carefully detouring around a belligerent rooster scratching up a meal in the street outside. Once inside, I couldn't help feeling that the rooster was better off. It was small, dingy, and hot. I signed the beat-up ledger that passed for a register, and a little character wearing a ragged shirt with no collar, a big grin, and a baseball cap swooped down on me and grabbed my suitcase. Right on the stairs, senor. Okay. Are you the star of the Santa Tomas 9 or something? Okay? The baseball cap.
3: Oh, it's a first-class hotel here. I, I got to wear a uniform.
1: Oh, sure. Silly of me. Uh, which way? Uh, follow me,
3: senor. Uh, you come here to fish? Not exactly. My cousin has a very good boat to hire a cheap. Sorry. Oh. Well... If you're here on just a vacation, I'll be
1: glad to show you the scenic sights for a very small fee. Hey, look, promoter, before you start making a career out of me, how about showing me my room? Okay dokey senor. Here. It's a very nice room, no? Oh, sure. Hey, uh, look, can we get a little air in here?
3: Oh, see, sí, I turn on the overhead fan. It's better, no? No. There's a balcony out
1: here? Oh, see, si, with a beautiful view of the ocean, Senor Dollar. Beautiful. The only thing I can see is the wall of that building across the alley.
3: Ah, but if you climb up on the railing and stand in the corner and look over
1: the roof of the building, there in the distance you'll see the. Beautiful. Look, uh... Benito, Senor. Benito. I gather that in addition to a few other assorted enterprises, you're the bellboy in this establishment. I do everything. Oh, must really be a strain. Oh, see, I'm always a straining. I didn't send it to long? Si, senor. Too long. Have you heard my name mentioned around town lately? Anybody asking for me? No, senor. Holy raffle. Oh, the door
3: to the balcony. Well, it's nothing, senor. Only the fan. Why? Well, when the fan is on, the door, it blows shut. You're jumpy, senor. Huh? See, si, you are jumpy.
1: Yeah, well, I'm in a good business for it, but, you know. Tell me, did you ever hear the name Summers? Summers? Senor, in Santo Tomas, is always Summers. Oh, okay. I mean a man named Summers. Alvin Summers. Here's his picture. Take a look. Mm. Ever seen before? Senor, in this heat. It's strange to use the memory. Yeah, well, you, uh, you think this might make you forget the heat? Quien
3: sabe, señor
1: Dolores. Might help. Here. Five
3: dollars, American. Gracias.
1: Now, how about it? Si, señor. I have seen this man. Here in Santa Tomas? I think so. Where? How long ago? I don't remember, but... I'll try to find out for you. Okay, Benito. That bill I gave you, I've got a few more just like it. If you can locate the guy in this picture, Alvin Summers. Or if you can find anybody who's asking about me.
3: Senor, for that kind of money, I'll not only find him, I'll bring him to you on a
1: silver planter. Item two on expense account. Five dollars American to Benito the bellboy. Flying blind the way I was in this deal, I figured I needed all the help I could get. And who knows, Benito just might turn something. After he left, I stretched out on the rickety bed and tried to figure out a plan of operations. I had to make myself conspicuous if I wanted the man who'd called the home office to contact me. On the other hand, if Alvin Summers himself was in the vicinity, I'd have to be pretty inconspicuous to stand a chance of getting anywhere near him. Trying to do both at the same time might not be exactly easy. Yeah. Dollar? Well, yeah. Who are you? Carson's the name. E.K. Carson. And I'm sure glad I found you, friend. Hey, you the guy who telephoned and wanted to see me? I sure am. Well, my luck seems to be holding up pretty well. Not too well, I hope. <laughs> huh? Yes, sir. As soon as I saw you check in, I phoned a desk clerk to ask who you were. I says to him, he looks like an American to me. See, I'm in wait room wait a 10 downstairs. Uh, desk clerk? I thought you meant that long-distance call to Well, me. the reason I hope your luck's not too good, friend... I'm sure hoping to get you into a little cribbage game. Cribbage? You play, don't you? No, I'm strictly the gin rummy type. Oh, I could teach you, friend. Wouldn't take a jiffy. Uh, sorry, I thought you were somebody else. Oh, I... I sure wish I could get you into a little game, friend. Gets mighty lonesome making around these small towns. Are you in business here? No, I'm a traveling man. Regional sales manager for Hold Tight Zippers. Zippers? Down here? Sure thing. All a matter of education... As I often say, business is where you find it. Why, half the world is just waiting to be zipped up. Great thought, ain't it? Terrifying. Uh, look, Mr. Carson, if you'll excuse well, but me... What about that cribbage game, friend? Sorry, as I told now, you... Now, I'll I... bet if you just learned to play the game, you'd find out it was a wheel of a lot of fun. I'll wait. Well, then, why don't we have us a good talk about business? Look, if you don't mind, I've got a few things to do around oh, here, so... sure, sure, I know. To tell you the truth, I guess I'm just plain lonely. Daytimes aren't so bad when I'm out on the road, but... Nights, I don't seem to be able to find anyone to talk to. Not at your, yeah. There. Well, uh, maybe we can have a drink sometime. Say, I'd sure like that. Then maybe we can get up a little game later. Well, maybe. I ushered E.K. Carson, the cribbage king, politely but firmly out of the door. I'd figured him for the man who wanted to talk about Alvin Summers, but all he apparently had on his mind was cribbage and zippers. I ambled on downstairs into the cantina next door. I cut my way through the smoke to the bar and looked around. A few tired looking characters at the tables and over in one corner a little fellow bent over a guitar, eyes closed, in a world all his own. Then I saw the girl. Three stools down the bar from me. But when I looked up again after a drink, she was only one stool away. Hi. Hi.
4: Welcome to Santa Tomas.
1: Thanks.
4: Really something, isn't he? Hmm? That guitar player. I saw you watching him. Oh. You know, those guys give me the creeps. They start playing and all of a sudden they're gone. Real far away. I don't think he even knows there's anybody else in here.
2: Lucky man, huh? Yeah.
4: Funny. A cheap run-down bar like this. Nobody listening to him. Except us.
1: And he's playing like he's on a cloud.
4: Yeah. There's a flamenco singer like that up at the hotel. That night out on the terrace when she starts those wailing songs of hers. She gives me the creeps, too.
1: Up at the hotel, the Playa del Mar? Yeah. Oh. You must be down here to see how the other half lives.
4: You mean to see if anybody lives in this town. I sure picked me a great spot for a vacation. Pretty dull, huh? Real. At least it has been.
1: Oh. Say, do uh, you know that guy over there?
4: The American at the 20 table? Yeah, the Muslim man. I sure don't.
1: You uh certain?
4: Of course I am. Why?
1: Well, he's been staring at us. Oh. Never saw him before.
4: Mm-mm. Of course I've never been in here before. Maybe he's the bouncer.
1: He sure looks like he could qualify. Well.
4: Look, he's leaving.
1: Yeah. I guess we made him self conscious.
4: I guess I'd better leave, too.
1: Where to? Um Gloria. Johnny. Johnny.
4: I think I'll go back up to the hotel and change. Then what? I don't know. There's a moon tonight. Got a date? Mm-hmm. Me? Mm hmm. When? On the terrace.
2: Half an hour.
1: She left, and I sat there a drink or two, thinking her over and wondering what her angle was. I was pretty sure she was interested in me for more than my manly charms. And it occurred to me that it might not be too unpleasant finding out what was on her mind, especially if it could help me locate an embezzler named Alvin Summers. I went up to my room to change. When I got there, I found I had company.
3: Close the door.
1: Wow. My friend from the bar downstairs.
3: I said close the door.
1: Okay. Why the gun?
3: Turn around. Face the wall. Okay. Hands against the wall.
1: Hey, look, what are you... Shut up. if you're looking for my gun, it's under my left arm. Thanks. Now turn around. So what's this all about? That's just what you're going to tell me. What's your name? Johnny Dollar. I'll bet. Cross my heart. We'll try again. What's your name? I told you, Johnny Dollar. You can think of a better one than that. Wise up, Buster. It sounds so phony. It's gotta be legitimate. And speaking of names, what's yours? I'm asking the questions. You're answering. Okay, we'll play it your way. What are you doing down here, Dollar? Look, I'll make a deal with you. You tell me why you want to know, and maybe I'll be <laughs>
3: Don't play oh. games with me, Dollar. Next time, you get more than the barrel of the gun.
1: Hey, look, I don't know what this is all about. Okay,
3: you... we'll cut out the question and answer routine. I know why you're here. Oh. So forget it, Dollar. Drop the whole thing and beat it.
1: Maybe I'll like it around here.
2: Oh. oh,
3: But you won't like it around here anymore, Dollar. You'll learn to hate it. You and that gun put up a pretty convincing argument. I'll give it to you once more, Dollar. Slow and easy so you can get it this time. Go on away. Don't ever come back. If you don't go now, you will never go.
0: There'll be another exciting episode in the story of the Alvin Summers matter tomorrow. Tomorrow night, a threesome on a moonlit beach. A beautiful girl... Me and a
1: guy with a knife. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Robert Reif, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking. Hollywood, it's time now for Bob Bailey as... Johnny Dollar.
4: Where have you been, Johnny? I thought we had a date. Oh, Gloria,
1: I'm sorry, baby. I've already had a date. What? Remember the big gorilla at the corner table downstairs in the cantina? The one who kept staring at us?
2: Sure, what about him?
1: Well, he was waiting for me in my room just now. He didn't like the way I parted my hair, I guess, so he changed it with a gun barrel.
4: Johnny, are you all right? Uh,
1: Aside from a lump or two, sure.
4: Sounds to me like you need a little nursing, Johnny. I always do.
1: Santo Tomas, Mexico. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the Home Office, Northeastern Fidelity and Bonding, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an account of additional expenses during my investigation of the Alvin Summers and Bezelman case. <laughs> Item 4, $3 American to Eduardo Moreno, M.D., the doctor who dressed the assorted lumps and bruises I'd collected from the strong arm who seemed quite convinced that I should leave town. For a moment, I figured he could be the man who was to contact me with information as to the whereabouts of Alvin Summers, the investor. But as it turned out, all he wanted to say to me was goodbye, and he said it very convincingly. But Gloria was waiting for me. She definitely seemed to want to get better acquainted, and although I didn't know what her angle was, I figured it might be fun finding out. I left the joint where I was staying and went up to the Playa del Mar, the big expensive hotel I were looking to see. There was a terrace with some tables and a flamenco singer wailing at the moon. Gloria was at one of the tables. Hi.
4: Johnny, what in the world happened to you when I talked to you over the phone? I'm sorry
1: I'm late, Gloria. You can see by my face I ran into kind of a rough detour.
4: You all right now?
1: Yeah.
4: Johnny, you said it was that man who kept staring at us in the bar where we met?
1: That's the one. Real charming fellow. Muscles, too. What happened? I went to my room to change before coming up here. He was waiting for me, worked me over. The general idea was I should leave Santa Tomas in a hurry.
2: But why? I don't know
1: yet. But somewhere along the line, I'm going to make it a point to find out. Cigarette?
2: Okay.
4: Well, looks like things are picking up a little. How so? I told you I'd found this place pretty dull so far. But now, with you getting beat up and told to get out of town, it's beginning to sound a little more interesting.
1: Well, I could do with more dullness and a few less bruises, believe me.
4: You must be down here on a lot more than just a vacation, Johnny.
1: Oh, I don't know. A lot of people apparently come down here to this town just for a vacation. That's why you told me you came here, remember?
4: There's only one difference.
1: What's that, Karin?
4: I really am on a vacation. And I don't think you are. Oh? You're not the Santa Tomas type. Why not? Mexico City, maybe. Havana, maybe. But not Santa Tomas. No, I think you came down here to meet somebody. Or to find somebody.
1: Okay. Suppose I did. Who would I be looking for?
4: If you don't know, how would I?
1: Looking for uh, you, maybe? Oh,
4: now that's the nicest thing that's been said to me all day. If you are, it's too bad I didn't know it sooner. Why? It would have made this town a little more bearable.
2: Waiting.
4: Waiting.
1: Or maybe you've been looking for me.
4: Well, let's not be blunt here. I thought I was being so subtle.
1: You have been looking for me?
4: Well, I must admit, I've been looking for someone who's alive in this town. Of course, what I should say is that I've always been looking for you there.
1: Okay, okay. I guess that leaves me right where I started from. Hmm? Skip it. So, we're just two happy people on a vacation.
4: Yeah. Okay, John.
1: Okay. Hey, that music that the flamenco singer you were telling me about? Mm-hmm.
4: Sounds pretty weird, doesn't she? But I like it. You know something? Mm-hmm. Sounds even weirder from down below on the beach. Oh. Like to see for yourself?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd like to. Well, give me a minute. What's the matter?
4: Speaking of people staring at you...
1: That guy again? Where is he?
4: No... It's a little man this time, over at the end of the terrace, see?
1: Oh, that's Benito.
3: Who?
1: The bellboy at my hotel. Excuse me, then. Be right back.
3: Sure. Senor Dollar. Hiya, Benito. The desk clerk told me you'd come up here.
1: What's on your mind?
3: You told me you'd pay me money if I could get some information for you.
1: That's right. I want to know if anybody's been trying to
3: contact me you turn up anything? Not about that, senor, but the picture you showed... The me. one of Alvin Summers? See, si. I told you I thought I'd seen him here in Santo Tomas. Now I'm sure of it. Good boy. Tonight I talked to a friend of mine. I described senor Summers to him. He told me he used to work for him as a houseboy.
1: Good. Did he tell you where Summers is now?
3: No, he could not tell me that. Couldn't or wouldn't? I do not know, senor, but he told me where the house is that... It's almost late. Where is it? You could not find it, senor. It's in from the beach in the jungle a little way. I would have to take you there. All right, let's go. Well, not now. I'm uh, supposed to be on duty back at the hotel. I, I must get down there at once before the hotel clerk finds out I'm gone.
1: When do you get off duty?
3: At midnight. I'll come to your room then and take you to senor Somers' house. Okay, midnight.
1: Good boy, Benino.
3: Uh... <clears throat> A real good boy, señor. Hmm. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, gracias,
3: señor. Mm. <laughs> but uh, you should not have come
1: here. Now look, I've already had one guy tell me to leave town tonight. Don't you start? No,
3: I mean you should not have come here to the Playa del Mar. Oh, why not? Because after you pay your check here, señor, you'll not have any more money left to pay me with. <laughs>
1: Well, don't worry about it, Benita. I'll bully it through somehow. See you later. Si, senor. Well, hello, Dollar. Oh, no. Carson, E.K. Carson, remember? Sure, the zipper salesman. What brings you up here? Oh, same thing as you, friend, out doing a little stepping. I thought you told me down at the hotel that you figured half the world was just waiting to be zipped up. How can you afford to take the time off? All work and no play, friend. Haven't you heard? Yeah, well, I, uh, I, I have a date. See you later, Carson. I'm still waiting to get you into a cribbage game, friend. Good. That's just what you do. You mean play cribbage? No, I mean keep waiting. When I got back to the table, Gloria was gone. I looked around, no sign of her. This I didn't get, and I didn't like. Why would she pull a disappearing act on me now? Johnny... Then I spotted her, just off the terrace on the path that led to the cabanas on the beach. I went over. She was carrying a scarf and wearing a one-piece bathing suit. The scarf looked bigger. Hi. Wow.
4: I thought as long as we were going down to the beach, we might as well go for a swim.
1: Why not? Be right with you. (laughs) Item five on expense account: Seven dollars for one pair of swimming trunks. Five for the trunks and two bucks to get the hotel shopkeeper out of bed to sell them to me. After all, I figured I ought to stay close to Gloria. That's the way she seemed to want it, and I wanted to know why. She could have some information on the whereabouts of Alvin Summers I could use. Well, she might.
2: Oh. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. Come
4: on, there's a place over against the rocks at the foot of the cliff. Okay. Okay.
1: What do we do now? Build a fire and roast marshmallows?
4: Sorry, I didn't bring any marshmallows.
1: Oh, it's just as well. I'm strictly the hot dog and beer type anyway.
4: Here we are. This is my place, Johnny. I come down here almost every night. Oh, it's nice. I told you there was a moon tonight.
2: Yeah.
4: And the flamenco singer. Music comes right down the rocks to us.
1: Doesn't she ever get tired? Doesn't seem to. What's she singing about? Do you know?
4: Uh huh. It's about a man in jail in a little town. His sweetheart tosses a rose to him through the bars. It drives him crazy.
1: <laughs> Cheerful.
4: There aren't any walls around you, Johnny. Oh? Uh-huh. The only trouble is, I don't have a rose.
1: Well, who needs a rose? Oh, Johnny.
2: Darling.
1: Gloria, look, I. You were saying. You know something? I forgot what it was.
4: Good. Let's keep it that way, darling. Hold a... So, who's thinking of who? Shh. What is it?
1: They're in the moonlight coming along the beach.
4: Two men. Yeah.
1: Take a good look at the one in front. Johnny, yeah, it's the... I want to work me over in my hotel room tonight. It looks like you've run along a stooge with a machete. They're looking for you? Look, get around behind the rock here, then back up the path to the hotel. No, Why, Johnny. I get going. I'm not going to leave you. Please, please,
4: Johnny, please, don't go out there. Now, stay out of sight. They can't see us here in the shadows. Gloria,
1: sooner or later, i got a little matter to settle with that big ape. and might as well be sooner. No,
4: please, I, I don't want you to get hurt again, Johnny. I'm not going to leave you.
1: <sighs> okay, okay, come on. Let's shift around to the other side of this rock and keep it quiet.
4: Can you see them? Keep your head down.
3: Maybe it's up the
2: That was close. Too close. Yeah.
4: Johnny, are you in some kind of trouble? Not
1: yet. You seem pretty concerned about me. I am. You sure that was why you didn't want me to tangle with him?
4: Of course.
1: You don't know the guy, huh?
4: I told you I didn't. Why?
1: Well, I was just wondering if maybe he was a friend of yours and didn't want me moving in on him.
4: Johnny, you're you're talking crazy. I've never seen him in my life before today in the bar of your hotel. I told you I didn't want you to get hurt again. I mean it. I... Maybe this will prove it.
1: Well, that's a pretty strong argument. Look, Gloria... I hate to, believe me, but I've got to leave. What? Must be almost midnight. So? So there's something i got to take care of. Oh, fine. I know, I'm sorry.
4: Pretty strange vacation you're on, Johnny.
1: Yeah. So, my timing was terrible. But I had to meet Benito the bellboy in my hotel room at midnight to find out more about Alvin Summer's whereabouts. I walked Gloria back up to her hotel and headed for mine. It was a couple of minutes after 12 when I got there. I walked into my room and started to reach for the light switch, and I froze. The moonlight was streaming in through the louvered door to the balcony, and I could see a silhouette against it. Somebody was out on that balcony, crouching against the door. Slowly, carefully, I eased over to it, then suddenly jerked it open. Benito. And I knew I wasn't going to get any more information about Alvin Summers out of him. After all, you can't do much talking when your throat's been cut.
0: There'll be another exciting episode in our story of the Alvin Summers matter tomorrow. Tomorrow? Well, there are some people you just wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley. But sometimes
1: it can't be helped. Jonas, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Robert Wright It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone Be sure to join us tomorrow night Same time and station For the next exciting episode of Yours truly, Johnny Dollar Roy Rowan speaking Hollywood. It's time now for Bob Bailey as... Johnny Dollar.
3: This is Lieutenant Gomez of the Santo Tomas Police Department. Oh, yeah, Lieutenant. I have been trying to reach you for some time.
1: Sorry, I was out making some funeral arrangements. It is about the
3: dead man that I wish to speak to you, Senor. Fire away, Lieutenant. What's on your mind? Precisely the question I was about to ask you. What do you mean? Surely I do not need to remind you that Benito Escanza was found dead in your hotel room earlier this evening.
1: You certainly don't. But I've already told one of your cops the whole story.
3: Perhaps. Perhaps not. I suggest that you come to see me so that we can discuss it further.
1: Is that an invitation or an order?
3: Uh, Let us call it an invitation. But if you do not accept, we will have to come and get you.
0: Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: Santo Tomas, Mexico. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the Home Office, Northeastern Fidelity and Bonding, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an account of additional expenses during my investigation of the Alvin Summers $75,000 embezzlement case.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Item six, $25 American. Funeral and burial expenses for Benito the bellboy. Somebody had to do it, and he apparently had no family. After I made the arrangements with the town's undertaker, I went back to my room and received Lieutenant Gomez's polite but firm invitation to drop in on him. So I went on down to police headquarters.
3: Sit down, Senor Dollar. Thanks, Lieutenant. So? So, the autopsy has confirmed the fact that Benito cancer died from knife wounds.
1: I didn't need an autopsy to tell me that. It was obvious. But what is not obvious is your part in all of this. Look, the story hasn't changed a bit since I told it to your Sergeant Romero. I went back to my room at midnight. I opened my balcony door and enrolled Benito. His throat had been cut. That is the story. As to what is behind the story,
3: that may well be another matter. For instance? For instance, in a case such as this, everyone is a potential suspect. Everyone,
1: including you. Isn't this being pretty ridiculous, Gomez? Is it?
2: Then
3: perhaps you would be kind enough to tell me if there was some legitimate reason Benito had his throat cut
1: in your hotel room. Well, in the first place, if you're interested in alibis, I've got one. Indeed? Indeed. I was with a girl named Gloria Harris up at the Hotel Playa del Mar all evening. You can check that. Oh, you may be quite certain that I am checking on all your activities this evening, senor. In the second place, if you're interested in motives, I don't have one. No? Why would I want to kill Benito when I was hoping to get some information from him? Information of what sort, senor Dollar? Oh, I guess I'd better start at the top, lieutenant. Here's my card. You are an insurance investigator. That's right. About six months ago, a man named Alvin Summers up in the States embezzled $75,000 from the company he worked for. The outfit I'm representing in the deal wrote the bond on him, so they were stuck for the money. $75,000. A couple of days ago, they got a long-distance phone call from down here in Santo Tomas. The man who called claimed that he had information about Alvin Summers. That's why I came down here. Now, who was the man who telephoned? We don't know. I came on the chance that he might contact me here or that I might get some kind of lead on Alvin Summers' whereabouts. And have you? No, on both counts. Benito said he knew about a place where Summers used to live. He was going to take me there tonight. But apparently somebody had other ideas. And a knife to back them up. I see. And nobody has tried to contact you? Oh, sure, sure. Several people have. But always for the wrong reason. First, there was a man named Carson, a zipper salesman. He contacted me for the purpose of setting up a cribbage game. Cribbage? What is this cribbage? Now, that's something I hope I never find out. Hmm? Then there was a strong arm who bounced me around with a gun barrel and suggested politely that I wanted to leave town. Oh? Uh, What did he look like? Well, he was heavy in the shoulders, thick neck, low forehead, short dark hair, scar over the bridge of his nose. Scar?
3: That would be Senor Krause. You know him? I know him by Well, Who is he? What's his pitch? That is something I do not know. Senor, you must understand that Santo Tomas is a rather strange town and a dangerous one. Come in. Hey, Lieutenant. Can't you see that I'm busy, Sergeant Romero? What is it about, Senor Dalla? Oh. Well, uh, what is it?
1: Well, I have talked to a Senorita Gloria Harris at the Hotel Playa del Mar. She said that Senor Dalla was with her throughout the evening.
3: (laughs) Very well, Romero.
1: Uh, One thing more. We have just arrested a man, an American tourista. Uh, Senor Carson. I will talk to him when I have time. Hey, hey well, see... wait a minute. That's the zipper salesman I was telling you about. Indeed? Yeah. Hey, look, maybe he ties into this deal after all. What's the charge? Romero. Uh, is uh, disturbing the peace. Oh, great. Just when I thought I had a lead. What's the matter? He got a few too many under his belt, maybe? Well, Romero. Uh, here, here's the report. Uh, Senor Carson is outside.
3: Gracias. So that will be all. Uh, I will talk to the man. Sí, you okay. Now, if you know this man, perhaps you had better come with me. Okay. Dollar!
1: Say, I'm sure glad to see you. Hi, Carson. What seems to be the trouble? Well, it wasn't as much as they made it, Dollar. fella goes out stepping. Sometimes he, well... But well, you know. Uh, he steps a little too far. Well, I was only having a little fun.
3: Senor Carson, this report states that you are at the Hotel Playa del Mar this evening. Uh, that's right. But now, Lieutenant. It further what... states that you became increasingly noisy, and that at one point, during a dance by an entertainer, you grabbed the serape from one of the musicians and attempted to join in the dance.
1: Now, now, Lieutenant, maybe I was a little out of line, but honestly, I... Well, <laughs>
3: but when the dancer refused to dance with you, you chased her around the patio several times. Trying to sell her a zipper, maybe?
1: Oh, no, Dollar. went up on a guy, will you? Yeah. And
3: that, finally, when the musician attempted to get his serape away from you, you broke his guitar over his head.
1: Say, when you get going, you're a real tiger, aren't you? Are these things true, Senor Carlson? Well, I, I, suppose the facts are correct, but they sound different somehow down here. I was just trying to have a little fun, you know. See, si, uh, Sergeant Romero will
3: conduct you to the magistrate. Romero? What dollar? you just gonna stand there and not do
1: anything? After all, we both live at the same hotel, and... and... And? Oh, you're a big help. What'll have it do, Lieutenant? You well, he will have to pay the damages, and there will be a fine. Which will probably go on his expense account. Lieutenant, you started to tell me about this Beetlebrow brow Krauss who put a few dents in me. I
3: started to say that before the people from Mexico City built the new hotel, this town unfortunately used to be something of a haven for undesirable characters from the United States. Fugitives, huh? Some of them still remain. And although I know very little about Senor Krauss, it is probable that he is one
1: of them. Could be.
3: You say that he and Senor Carson are the only ones who have made any effort to contact you? Yeah,
1: except for Gloria Harris, of course. I still haven't found out what's on her mind. Hmm? I mean, what else is on her mind.
3: She says she's down here on a vacation. Indeed. In that case, it has certainly been a long vacation. What do you mean? She's been here for several months, to my knowledge. Well, well. Now, that's very interesting, Lieutenant, thanks.
1: Anything else you want to ask me about, Benito?
3: Uh, Not at the moment, but I suggest you remain available. You know where to find me. One moment, Senor Dollar. Mm. Uh, Word of warning. As I told you, this town can be a dangerous place. I would suggest that you be quite careful.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: And uh, one thing I wish to impress upon you. If you are at any time tempted during your investigation to take the law into your own hands... I assure you
1: that you will regret it. Well, in that case, I hope you're around when and if I need you.
3: Whether or not I am available, the warning still applies. Okay.
1: Be seeing you. Johnny. Wow, Gloria. I thought you were tucked in for the night.
4: I couldn't sleep, so I called your hotel. Oh. He told me that the bellboy had been murdered, that you were at the police station, so I came down here. Is there anything I can do?
1: Not for Benito, I'm afraid.
4: He was killed in your room? Yeah. You think he could have been killed by mistake?
1: Mistake? You mean maybe I was supposed to be the target? Hey, it's a thought.
4: Johnny, you're in trouble of some kind. I wish you'd tell me what it is. You're not just down here on a vacation.
1: Speaking of vacations, Gloria, let's...
4: Johnny, what is it?
1: Keep looking straight ahead. There's somebody across the street in the shadows. He's tailing us. Oh.
4: Can you see who it is?
1: When he goes past that light, I'll be... Well, what do you know? My old friend Krause again.
4: You mean the man who came to your room and was looking for you on the beach?
1: That's the boy. Funny how he always seems to pop up when I'm with you.
4: Johnny, I tell you, I don't
1: know him. What's the matter right now? Come on. Turn into the alley here. Okay. Now keep going straight down this alley and out the other end. Go back to your hotel and I'll call you there later. I may be a while. What are you going to do? Wait for him.
4: No, Johnny. Oh,
1: Gloria, don't give me any argument this time. Get going. After she was out of sight, I ducked into a doorway. Then I waited. Yeah, Krause was following all right. I waited until he got right up to me. And I dove at him. You? That's right, me. Drop the gun. Drop it. <laughs> Yeah, this time I'm ready for you, sweetheart. What do you think about me, Krause? I don't like guys working over me with a gun barrel ever.
2: All
1: right. Now you're going to tell me what this is all about. Why you've been tailing me. Why you worked me over with a gun barrel in my room last night. I want to hear all about it. You know why. Talk. I said talk. You're not taking me back. Taking you back? I you know you came down
3: here, but I ain't going back. What
1: are you talking about?
3: I you know what happens to a three-time
1: loser. Three-time? Let me back home. You gotta carry hey, me. Wait a minute. You ever hear of a man named Alvin Summers? Huh? How about Gloria Harris? No, no, no. You sure about that, Cross? Look, no, no, don't. No. Look, I'm
2: telling you the truth.
1: Yeah. yeah. I guess you are. You're too punchy right now to give me a routine. Yeah, I think I get it. You're wanted in the States. You figured I was a cop and came down here to make a pinch. Brother, right now, I sure wish I was. you? No, I'm no cop. You said you made a mistake. You sure did, Buster. And
3: how hard feeling? Oh, no,
1: no, not at all. I just love the feel of a gun barrel whipping across my face. Krause, I got a nice little piece of advice for you. Next time, you better find out what the score is before you jump into the ball game. I left him there in the alley and went back to my hotel. Then, just as I was about to open the door to my room, I heard someone moving around inside. I went quietly down to the end of the hall, out the window, then eased along the balcony back toward my room. Inside it was dark, but I could make out someone bent over my luggage, searching it. I edged across the room, slowly. Then I lunged... Ah! Hello, Gloria. Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. Helping me unpack, maybe.
4: Look, I... uh, I can explain, Johnny. You
1: know something? That's just exactly what you're gonna do.
0: There'll be another exciting episode in our story of the Alvin Summers matter tomorrow. Tomorrow night, how to fall into a trap... In one easy lesson.
1: Jonas won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Robert Reif. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking. From Hollywood, it's time now for Bob Bailey
1: as... Johnny Dollar. Yeah, remember me, sweetheart? Johnny, I didn't I'm think... the guy you were making the big pitch for. Dancing, moonlight on the beach, the complete routine. Oh, I gotta hand it to you, baby. That was real nice acting.
4: No, it wasn't acting, Johnny. I meant it, all of it. Oh,
1: sure, Gloria, sure. That's why I catch you here and searching my room. That's all part of the big romance, huh? I can
4: explain. And that's
1: just what you're gonna do. Hey, look, Gloria, one guy has already wound up dead on this deal. I've got a strong hunch I'm number two man on the list. And this baby I do not want.
0: Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator, yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: Santo Tomas, Mexico. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the Home Office, Northeastern Fidelity and Bonding, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an account of additional expenses during my investigation of the Alvin Summers embezzlement of (laughs)
2: $75,000.
1: Item 9. $17.60. Business entertainment for one Gloria Harris. Believe it or not, I wasn't going to put that item on the account because I figured it might just possibly be a private romance. But when I caught Gloria searching my hotel room, I knew she tied into the deal somehow. That she could give me information on Summer's whereabouts.
4: Johnny, please. Oh, no.
1: You're not leaving, Gloria. Not yet.
4: I'm not trying to get away. I... Oh, it's the use. You'd never believe me.
1: Why should I? You lied to me.
4: I lied to you once. Only once. When I told you I'm here on a vacation... I'm not.
1: Surprised. The
4: truth is I'm stranded down here. Stranded?
1: Oh, sure. That's why you're staying at the Playa del Mar, the most expensive hotel in town. I
4: don't mean no money. I mean no passport. It's true. You got a cigarette, Johnny? Yeah, here. Thanks. Yeah. I've been stuck in this ratty town for four months now hoping every day that I could figure out some way or find somebody to help me get back to the States.
1: How come you picked this town, assuming I believe you?
4: Because I heard that fugitives from the States sometimes came here. I've been drifting around for a year, from place to place. I guess I thought my luck had change here. Well, it hasn't.
1: How'd you lose your passport in the first place?
4: I'll tell you if you really want to know, Johnny. Personally, I'd rather skip it. It's a long story, not a very pretty one. It's all in the past. Let's just say I've made a mistake about a guy.
2: Okay,
1: Gloria, okay. But there's one little item you haven't told me. Why you were searching my room just now?
4: Because I was trying to find out something about you, Johnny. The reason why you're down here. Why? So maybe I could make a deal with you. Deal? You help me get a passport. And I'll help you.
1: How can you help me?
4: You're looking for Alvin Summers, aren't you? Oh, am I? Six months ago, he embezzled $75,000 up in the States and took off. Go on. You came down here to find him. You're an insurance investigator. Keep talking. That's all. That's it.
1: Now maybe you wouldn't mind telling me how you know all of... Oh, sure. That report in my suitcase.
4: In the picture. Alvin Summers. I know him.
1: I can help you, Johnny. Where is he?
4: First, I've got to know if you'll help me. The
1: passport? The passport. Well, what do you expect me to do about that?
4: In your business, Johnny, you must meet a lot of people, all kinds. Maybe one of them has an extra passport or two for a price, maybe.
1: All right, I'll see what I can do.
4: Is that the best you can say?
1: That's the best. Take it or leave it.
4: All right, I'll take it. I haven't any choice.
1: Now, about Alvin Summers.
4: I'll take you there, to Summers
1: Place. Where is it?
4: Down the beach, about a mile below town. Then into the jungle a little way.
1: How come you know where it is?
4: I met Alvin Summers a couple of months ago.
1: Here in Santa Tomas?
4: Yeah. I went there once for dinner.
1: Okay, you take me there, Gloria.
4: First, I'd better go up to the hotel and change. The country's pretty rough on clothes.
1: Okay, I'll meet you at your hotel in half an hour.
4: Johnny. Hmm. I only lied to you about one thing the reason I was down here. The rest of it I meant. Last night on the terrace and on the beach. I meant all of it. Really, Johnny.
3: And I mean this.
1: You know, I'm kind of glad you told me that. See you in half an hour. I stayed there a while after she left, going over the case in my mind. Maybe she was telling me the truth. But whether she was or not, I had to follow up any lead I could find because I was getting nowhere the way things were. Half an hour later, as I was starting out of my room to go pick her up, my phone rang. It was a long-distance call from the States.
2: Fred Wilkins at Northeastern Fidelity, Johnny. Hi, Fred. Well, how's the fishing down there?
1: Fishing? a matter of fact, it hasn't been so good so far, Fred.
3: Ah, That's too bad, but I'll bet the swimming is all right.
1: Oh, there. What's eating you?
3: I didn't send you down there for a
1: vacation. Well, you got a great sense of humor. You should see this place vacation. Then what have you been doing down there? What do you think I've been doing? I've been looking for whoever it was that telephoned you and said he had information on Alvin Summers.
2: couldn't have been looking very hard. He called me again this morning.
1: He what? That's
3: right.
2: He wondered if I'd send anyone down there yet.
1: Hey, look, Fred. This guy is not easy to find, believe me. And I think I know Why? Obviously, somebody doesn't want him to talk, and that somebody could be Alvin Summers, about one jump behind him.
2: Summers, you, you think he's around
1: there? Could be. I'm leaving right now to find out. I've got a lead on where he lives. Uh, there's somebody at the door. I'll call you when I get anything.
2: Do that.
1: Right. Fishing. Oh, Lieutenant Gomez. Uh, well, look, I'm in sort of a hurry right now. This
3: will not take long.
1: Okay, what is it, Lieutenant? Early this morning, one of my
3: men found Senor Kraus in the alley. How is he feeling? He had been badly beaten. He would not tell us anything, but it was fairly obvious who had done this to him. So, so
1: the last time we talked, Senor Dollar, I warned you not to attempt to take the law into your own hands. Now listen, Gomez. If you think I want to take a pistol whipping like he gave me and not do anything about do it, do not
3: gotta... misunderstand. I care nothing about Kraus personally or what happens to him. I'm thinking about something more important. For instance? You are looking for Alvin Sommers, a man who quite obviously does not want to be found. So? So
1: when you find him, it is quite possible that there will be trouble. Granted. But let's face a few facts, Lieutenant. You and your boys can't help me. You're in charge of the Santa Tomas police force, all two men. And I imagine you've got a few other things on your mind, besides an ambassador from the States and an insurance investigator.
3: That may so that be So that means clear. I've
1: got to do it on my own.
3: Very well, senor This morning I attended the funeral of Benito Inscanza, who was killed because he had information about Alvin Sommers. If you find Somers and take the law into your own hands again, I fear I may
1: have to attend another funeral. Yours. That's what I liked about Gomez. He was the cheerful type. Well, I picked up Gloria at her hotel and we headed for Somers' place. We walked down the beach about a mile below town. The beach kept narrowing as the jungle crowded closer and closer to the water.
4: This place is in from the beach a There's a little path pretty soon that leads in. You could walk right by it and never see it. Here it is.
1: And that's just what we'll do. Hmm? Walk right by it. I don't want to lead anyone else here.
4: There's nobody else on the beach.
1: I'm not talking about the beach. That's a regular jungle in there. Twenty people could be watching us, so we'd never see them.
4: Oh, I guess so.
1: Okay. We'll go in here, then work our way back to the path. Brother, this is pretty thick in here.
4: Yeah. Oh. You're walking through thick brush like this. You always feel like somebody's watching you. Imagination gets pretty strong sometimes.
1: I think it's a little more than imagination. What do you mean? Stop a minute. Listen. I don't hear Shh. you. Shh. Yeah, somebody's tailing us again. Look, keep moving straight ahead. I'm going to circle and see if I can intercept him.
4: All right, but be careful.
1: Gloria moved on, and I started circling to the right. Every few seconds, I'd stop and listen. Yeah, he was still there. I pegged the direction of the sound and started edging toward it slowly. Then my foot caught on a bar. I scrambled to my feet and kept going in the same direction. There was a small clearing ahead. I reached it, stopped, and listened. Nothing. Whoever I was chasing seemed to know the country better than I did. He disappeared. I caught up with Gloria a couple of hundred yards farther along the trail.
4: Any luck, Johnny?
1: No. Whoever it is is pretty good at keeping out of sight.
4: Are you sure it was a person? Might have been some kind of animal. Yeah, maybe You can see a corner of Alvin summer's hut from here. Past that big tree.
1: Yeah, come on. And stay behind me. All right. If there's any trouble... You think there will be? Look, a guy who's this careful about hiding doesn't usually welcome visitors. Quiet now. No sign of life. Keep back against the wall. I'm going to open the door. Hmm. Okay, Gloria...
4: Nobody home,
1: huh? Nobody home. Well, he seems to have a pretty comfortable place here.
4: You like to live in jungles.
1: Hmm. Yeah. What? Looks like he hasn't been around for several days. Oh? The food in these cupboards, pretty moldy. Yeah, I guess they've cleared out. They? Uh Uh-huh. He and whoever was here with him
4: what makes you think someone was
1: for one thing two sets of dirty dishes over there
4: maybe he just wasn't neat
1: he'd have to have been awfully neat to use two toothbrushes and two kinds of toothpaste and two people have been eating at this table see the crumbs
4: maybe there's something around here that could give you a clue to where he might be now
1: maybe if he's still alive
4: what do you mean you think he isn't
1: oh i don't know but if somebody else was living here too it could mean he had a partner in this deal and it's a funny thing about that kind of playmates. Sooner or later, they start quarreling about who's going to hold the marbles. $75,000 worth in this case. But
4: Johnny, if he is dead, that leads you nowhere.
1: Maybe not. Innocent. What? Yeah. Sounds like our shadow is somewhere outside. Keep talking, Gloria, in normal tone. I'm going out the back way and see if I can spot him.
4: Why don't you look around the hut, Johnny?
1: Gloria kept up a line of start? patter while I slipped out the back door and are into are the gone? brush. I listened.
4: You want me to do anything?
1: Nothing but the sound of Gloria's voice. Charlie? He had to be
2: somewhere near.
1: But where? I worked my way around to the front of the cabin, still under cover. No sign. I kept on around the other side. Then as I started to climb over a fallen tree trunk, I saw a shadow out of the corner of my eye. Hold it. Don't turn around. The voice was behind me. I could see the rest of the shadow now, a hand with a gun... And I knew it was zeroed in on my backbone. I said, hold it. I'm holding. Drop your gun. Kick it backwards, quick. Hey, look, whoever you are. Don't turn around. Okay. And don't try to move. I'm telling you. Keep
0: me... your eyes straight ahead. Any move, any move at all, it'll be your last. <laughs> be the final exciting episode in our story of the Alvin Summers matter tomorrow.
1: Yes, tomorrow, how to find out what you've been looking for
0: the hard way. Join us, won't you?
1: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: But It's time now for Bob Bailey as... Johnny Dollar.
1: I told you, that's my name. What do you want, an affidavit? I've got to be sure. Look, you've got me out here in the middle of the jungle with a gun in my back. Don't turn around. And I can't even see you. You think I'd be kidding you at a time like this? Any move, any move at all, and it'll be your last.
0: Tonight and every weekday night... Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: (laughs) Santo Tomas, Mexico. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the Home Office, Northeastern Fidelity and Bonding, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an account of additional expenses during my investigation of the Alvin Summers embezzlement of (laughs)
2: $75,000.
1: Item 12, two cents. Just what I figured my life was worth at the moment. Gloria Harris had taken me down the beach and into the jungle to show me the hut where Alvin Summers had been hiding out. There was no sign of him. But I heard a noise outside in the underbrush and went out to investigate. I didn't see a thing. But I felt something... A gun barrel pressing against the back of my neck. I want to talk to you, Dollar. You've got a quaint way of arranging a conversation, believe me. I could do better if you take away that gun. Johnny! Don't answer. Who's answering? Johnny! Wait. Well? Me and your hotel room in exactly one hour. Look, what's this all about? You're looking for Alvin Summers, aren't you? Oh, am I? Johnny,
4: where are you?
1: I've got some information about him for you. Let's have it now. Not now. I've got to talk to you alone. Be in your hotel room in town in an hour, understand? Look. You as I say, and be sure you're alone. Alone. Okay. Now, just keep looking straight ahead. Don't turn around and don't tell anyone about this. Anyone. Understand? You make it pretty clear. I'll be watching you, Dollar. You won't see me, but I'll see you. I can believe it, mister.
4: Johnny, please. Johnny, where... Oh, here you are.
1: Yeah, here I am.
4: Why didn't you answer me?
1: I came out here looking for a guy, remember? How am I going to find him if I start shouting at you? But
4: I got worried when you didn't come back to the hut. Yeah. That noise you heard outside, did you see anything?
1: No, I didn't see a thing.
4: Johnny, didn't you find anything to give you a lead on where Summers might be? I don't know. But you said if I helped you find him, you'd see what you could do about getting me a passport back to the States.
1: Yeah, sure. Come on, let's get out of here.
4: That suits me fine. This place isn't a creeps, all these trees and vines. Broad daylight, but you can't see a thing. I know. My imagination's still working over time. I've got that feeling we're being watched again. Funny, isn't it?
1: Yeah, real funny. We kept on toward the beach. Gloria was fidgeting because she thought somebody was watching us. I was fidgeting because I knew somebody was. And I had a strong hunch he was the man whose long-distance phone call to the states brought me down to Mexico in the first place. We got back to the beach. I took Gloria up to her hotel and went down to mine in town. As I crossed the lobby toward the stairway to the second floor, out popped a familiar face.
2: Hello, friend. Oh,
1: Carson. Lieutenant Gomez let you out of jail, huh? Oh, now let's get one thing straight, friend. I never was actually in jail. Well, you're lucky I've seen the jail.
2: Huh?
1: Oh. Well, I just had to pay a fine, and that judge they got in this burg read me the riot act, but then they let me go. Well, good. So now it's back to selling zippers, huh? Sure is. And I'm behind schedule, too. Checking out right now, as a matter of fact. Got a lot of territory to cover. Like I always say, half, half the Half world... the world's waiting to get zipped up. Yeah, you told me. I did. Say, Dollar, mm. I'd like you to do me a favor. Oh... That little trouble I got into last night up at the Playa del Mar Hotel, I'd sure appreciate it if you'd keep quiet about it when you get back to the States. You mean you don't want anybody to know you got plastered, grabbed a serape and did the fandango? No, darling! Broke a guitar over the musician's head? Now, can't we just forget about it? Believe me, that? I had until you reminded me. Now, Carson, I'm reasonably sure we don't know the same people and won't be seeing each other again. I'd say the secret of your lurid past was pretty safe. Well, I sure hope so, friend. But about not seeing each other in the States, I was planning on looking you up. kiddie. Yes, sir, I got a deal for you. Sorry, but I have all the zippers I can use at the moment. No, that's not what I mean, friend. I've been trying to get you into a cribbage game, remember? How can I forget? Well, instead, I'm going to look you up in the States and let you teach me to play gin rummy. How could I be so lucky? Oh, sorry, I think that's my fault. So long, Carson. I'll sure look you up back in the good old USA, friend. Hello? 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 Hmm. Keep your hands on the table. What? Oh, my shadow again. Anybody follow you? Not that I know of. You're early. I know. And I searched your room. That's become an old Santa Tomas custom. To make sure you really were Johnny Dollar. So now you know. What about it? You can turn around. I don't know. Maybe you'll tell me what... Wait Wait a minute. A decent shave and you'd match that photo I have in my suitcase, Alvin Summers. Yeah, I'm Alvin Summers. I don't get it. I had you figured for the man who made that long-distance call to the States that tipped me off to come down here. You're right about that, too. You put the finger on yourself, if you want to call it that. Well, what happened? Your deal go sour on you, maybe? Yeah. (sighs) Okay, sit down. Take it easy. Tell me about it. I'll turn on the overhead fan. Pretty stuffy in here. Dollar, that phone call you got just now... Hung up. Clerk downstairs must have rung the wrong room. Or somebody was checking to see if you were here. Could be. Okay, suppose you start from the top. What was that? Relax. What you... Just one of the charming features of this room. You well, turn I... on that big overhead fan, it slams the balcony door. Oh, well... Turn it off, will you? I'm kind of edgy. Yeah, sure. You asked me if my deal had gone sour. It went very sour. Oh, I had it all figured out. I was planning it for a year. I was going to embezzle the 75,000 and really live, live big. Yeah. Instead of that, I spent all my time hiding. Mexico City, Guanajuato, Tampico, you name it, I was there. Always undercover, always hiding. Did you ever spend much time hiding, Dollar? No, not much. Oh, it's a great life. Great. Every time somebody looks at you on the street, you're sure he's after you, tailing you. You wake up in the middle of the night, you see a shadow outside. Turns out to be just a bush, but you spend the rest of the night sweating. Finally, I, I, I just couldn't take it anymore. The rest of my life that way... You know, Summers, a lot of guys figure that out before it's too late. Too bad you didn't. Yeah. So... Finally, I owned the bonding company long distance. I knew they'd send an investigator. They sent you. I-, I thought if I could talk to someone like you, see what could be done... There's only one thing can be done at this point, Summers. Come back with me to the States. Bring back what's left of the money. $60,000. that will help. But you know there can't be any deal. Yeah, I... I guess I always knew that. Here. Take the gun. Thanks. Now, what about the money? It's in a safe deposit box in Mexico City. Here. Here's the key. One thing I don't get, though, Summers. Yeah? You wanted me to contact. But you were sure playing hard to find. Well, I had to be careful. I got a look at you the first day you arrived. I wasn't sure you were the one, so I decided to come to your room that night, but... Then I saw somebody else coming here, so I gave up. Who was it? The bellboy. Benito? Hey, that to be just before he got knifed. Oh, no. I wasn't the one who killed him, Dollar. I'm no killer. Just the fool who runs away with somebody else's money, remember? Anyway, I didn't have another chance to get to till today. I had to keep undercover so they wouldn't find me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's They? The man who arranged for me to come down here... and the girl who was going to make it all worthwhile. The girl... Summers Please don't... me,
4: Johnny. Gloria.
1: Hello, baby. Here, let me... Leave
4: the gun right where it is, Johnny. Put that safe deposit key on the table.
1: I guess you're calling them. Thanks. And it all adds up. You found out Summers here was planning to turn himself in... You didn't want that money to slip through your fingers. But Summers disappeared from his hideout. You couldn't find him, so you figured he'd let me find him for you.
4: That's right. And it worked. And you're so right about that money. You think I'd give it up now? Gloria. Keep out of it, Alvin. If you want to go back and be a Boy Scout, that's your business. The money stays with me. Johnny.
1: Yeah?
4: This doesn't have to be the end of it for us.
1: Oh. So now we get the pitch about making beautiful music, huh?
4: I'm not kidding, Johnny. thousand's a lot of money.
1: You know, you put on quite an act. Maybe I believed a little bit of it. But if I did, i quit the moment you walked through that door just now.
4: Okay, Johnny, that's enough. I thought maybe you'd be smart, but if you won't, you leave me no choice.
1: No, Gloria, don't. Gloria... <laughs> the balcony. I'm on the balcony. Hold it. Carson, Stay right where you are, friend. Oh, shut up. She's dead. She crossed me. You and she were working against each other. She wanted me to lead her to Summers. You wanted to find him yourself. That's right. And Summers, you took a lot of fines. That's why you killed Benito the bellboy, to shut his mouth. Then you went up to the big hotel and plowed around so you'd get arrested and that way set up an alibi for the evening. I was pretty proud of that little idea, Dollar. And it's all worked out just the way I wanted it. You see, right from the start... Carson was holding all the trumps. They were made out of lead, and I knew he was going to start dealing them any second. Then I remembered the overhead fan. The switch was right next to my elbow. The balcony door was open, and Carson had his back to it. What are you doing? Just turning on the fan. I need some air. Can you blame me? Yeah. You're sweating, aren't you, Dollar? What's the matter? You're losing your nerve? Well, it really doesn't matter. What the... The door slammed. Carlson whirled... And I knocked the lamp off the table. By the time I hit the floor, my gun was out. I picked up the lamp and lit it again. Summers was crouched in a corner. Across the room, sitting on the floor, was Carson staring stupidly down at the red bullet hole in his side. I picked his gun up off the floor. Dollar! Summers, call the police station. Lieutenant Gomez. Yeah, all right. Help
3: me, Dollar. It hurts. Yeah, It
1: hurts. But not as much as it hurt Benito and Gloria.
2: I... I... You finally got me into a
1: game, didn't you, friend? And you lost. Expense account item 13. Double the amount of item one. $440. Transportation back to the States for Alvin Summers and me. And you know, I turned him over to the authorities as soon as we got back. That's the way he wanted it. Gloria? Well... Once in a while, I get to wondering if she really meant some of the things she told me. Not that it matters. Conclusion of report. Expense account total, $923. Yours, truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Remember, please, there'll be a new exciting story on Johnny Dollar beginning next Monday.
1: Next week, the Valentine matter. And believe me, it's not the kind of Valentine you'd wish on even your worst enemy. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood, written by Robert Reif. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in this week's cast were Virginia Gregg, Marvin Miller, Don Diamond, Tony Barrett, and Parley Bear. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking.